Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who does not like early morning runs. Brandon Siegel, how you doing? I'm doing well. First of all, I don't like runs as a whole. However, my lovely girlfriend Kayla uh, does like running, and if I was waking up early, I, I, I'm not having it. Um, but a man who has been accustomed to me not having you know fun mornings, we've w- woken up many times in the morning for working football games, basketball games, whatever it is, is of course the third member of the podcast. We've missed him for the past two weeks. That is Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm happy to be back. It's been it's been a while. Uh, I uh, it's it's hard to listen to this podcast, Brandon, and hear some of your terrible takes. And I, mm, I have no, I, I can't say that. anything. I'm just I'm just speaking to myself at at that point when I have to listen <laughs> to it um, separately. But I will say it is nice because usually what happens is I'll listen to something, um, and Trevor will say something, and I'll like answer it like he's talking to me. And then usually what happens is five seconds later, Trevor Trevor will say exactly what I was just saying because usually Trevor and I are on the same wavelength, and usually. Um, Brandon, you're way wrong. So it is nice to listen to it from that perspective, but it, it's it, it's a lot better to be here where I can call you out, Brandon, when you say uh-huh. something um, that most most you know intelligent people wouldn't say. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Ben, it's lovely to have you back. We're very very happy to have you back. That means we can start trivia back up, and of course, you know, we all like your your takes, right? I think we all like. Those I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like will say I'm days. glad that I wasn't here for the NBA playoff, uh, you know, predictions because like when we did them last year, I think I got every series wrong. So <laughs> I'm cool that I that my takes for that were not there because they're usually nothing but uh, completely inaccurate. You can just call us out for what we're wrong on. Perfect. I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, but we we have a fun episode planned for today. We're actually recording this one a little bit early. We're recording this one on Friday for our Sunday episode, so we're not going to be able to talk about some of the games that will happen um, tonight. I mean, frankly, tonight. Well, yeah. well maybe a little bit. Uh, the games that finish tonight and Saturday's games too. Um, but we'll still have a great episode. We're going to start off with Aaron Rodgers today. Um, and obviously he did not show up to, uh, what is it, the OTAs or what, what is their pre, whatever they're yep. doing now, the pre-workout, pre-training camp stuff. He didn't show up. He's in Hawaii with uh, some actor uh, and his current girlfriend. I don't know what he's doing exactly there. But, I mean, he's vacationing. You know, he's having doing fun. his stuff. Uh, he is having fun. You know, if you're in Hawaii, you're going to be having some fun. But let's talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. Trevor, what do you think about the Aaron Rodgers situation? I know we talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, but uh, you know, after some of the developments, will he be back with the Packers? What What do you think is his future? Yeah. So initially, my thoughts were that you know I, I don't really think there's going to be a good resolution here, and that I think at some point, whether it's in the next couple months, this summer, mid season, um, but by the end of the season, this next football season, that he would uh, be traded at some point. And I still feel the same way. I still feel like at some point Aaron Rodgers will be traded. Um, obviously, it'll be interesting to see um, how long they hold out. And w- if when and if they're holding out, which I, it seems like at least they will for a little while, um, how long, if at all, Aaron Rodgers will not play. If he'll just simply sit out. Obviously, it'll cost him some money. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how long that kind of goes. Both sides playing hardball there. Um I think, you know, just to me, and I know we've talked about it off the podcast a few different times, Brandon, but to me, it doesn't seem like it's resolvable. Um, You know, just the things he's talked about. He said he was on uh, Kenny Main's last Sports Center, which, by the way, shout out to Kenny Main, just an awesome uh, guy on ESPN, great on Sports Center for all these years. And obviously, it's going to be, he will definitely be missed, obviously, because he's been just a phenomenal host. But he was on. His last mm-hmm. sports center kind of talking about that it, he said it wasn't even really about the pick, which I kind of call his bluff on that. I think the Jordan Love pick definitely had a little bit to do 100%. with it. 
And because, you know, when you're still playing your best football, Aaron Rodgers, and then the Packers go out and draft a QB in the first round, um, it, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So ultimately, with I think that is part of the reason. I think just different stuff with the GM um, and the kind of the organization that the Packers have going on, which is a very unique one, mm-hmm. obviously, because the fan base is a huge part of it. Um, he just isn't happy. And this has happened more often in the NBA, now in the NFL a little bit more. And at the end of the day, I, I just think the star players more and more as the years go on will you know, continue to have the leverage. And I think it's trending that way in the NFL a little bit more. And that's why ultimately I think he will be dealt. Um, you'll see someone, I, I have no idea who the team will be, but someone will offer them a good enough deal to where the Packers will say, eh, all right, we're finally going to give in here. So I, I'm still going to hold strong on my opinion of this. I don't think Rodgers is going anywhere. I think he'll be playing for Green Bay. The thing is, is Green Bay does it really does not want to let him go. And I think so much so that the stuff that he talked about, um, you know, where he said it like it's a philosophy issue, I, I, I think these things can get resolved temporarily. Maybe he goes somewhere when his contract is up. However, I, I strongly believe he will stay there. It's, it's the type of player you don't let leave. You're not going to let him leave unless he's un- not under contract. There's no way they're trading him. I mean, I guess he could sit out, but I just don't see it happening. Aaron Rodgers, I think, will want to play. The, the, the team is close to a Super Bowl. They're close. They, they're they moving in the right direction. The Jordan Love pick will forever baffle me, but they're, they're moving into the right direction, and I, I think they'll be competing for a Super Bowl this year. I, I really, really believe that. Then final thoughts on Aaron Rodgers before we move on to a different uh, trade rumor. You know what, Brandon? I actually agree with you. I and I have no reason to, to to think this. I mean, I'm not like I'm not an expert on this. I Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to talk about it, so you're not getting anything out of him at the moment. But like just right now, I just have a feeling I, I think that it'll like you said, at the very least, temporarily it'll fix itself to where I, I do think in three months from now we'll be talking about how Aaron Rodgers is getting ready to play a season for the Green Bay Packers. And again, maybe in three months I'm totally wrong and you can laugh at me. Um, but I just have a feeling, I do think, like you said, Brennan, the Packers definitely don't want to give him up. They have, they have no desire to give up, you know, the reigning MVP of, of the NFL. Um, so I do think this coming year, I just, I don't know, I just have a feeling, I, I think that for at least now they'll figure it out. They'll have some sort of resolution here, and he will be playing for them this year. Um, again, I have no expert reason to believe mm-hmm. that, but this is the feeling I have. I, if I had to pick right now, I would lean more towards him staying in Green Bay than him being dealt somewhere else. This is yeah. the feeling I got right now. Um, again, ask me in a month and maybe things will change. We, right. we just don't know. We don't really know anything at the moment. And with nobody, all these nobody, situations. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to talk. Yeah, it's, nobody knows. We yeah, know, so. it could change by the minute. I mean, you know, this is yeah. just what I believe right now. I, I, and I do strongly believe. I really do believe he'll, he'll, he'll stay there. Yeah, my, um, my only, just quickly, just, uh, and then we'll end yeah, this. Yeah, But my, my only last thing is just because we've seen this happen, Not definitely not a lot in NFL. We've seen it happen a lot in the NBA now where it's just like if he if you think – at the end of his contract, he's going to leave, which I think regardless, at some point he's going to leave. So they could theoretically hold out and not trade him, and then you would be right, and then he would maybe just leave at the end of his contract. But at that point, you're just getting nothing out of such a great player because with Aaron Rodgers, there are going to be really great offers. There has to be. I just I can't fathom there not being some really solid offers. And I just – you can't if you're the Packers, at least if it's me, you can't – uh, leave with nothing. So I, I guess that's kind of just me, maybe more of like kind of my philosophy and what I would do if I was the organization. Cause, and then, and then I guess another point is just kind of like 
through this whole season, I think it's going to be really tough on these other young players um, and just, you know, in general for the Packers that kind of have to deal with this whole situation. Just, I don't know. It just wouldn't be a situation I would want to be in if I'm, uh, you know, the general manager in the organization. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. So let's let's talk about a, a different situation that is also, you know, kind of a rough one. Julio Jones, uh, we saw him call it. Shannon Sharp called him. He was like, I'm out of here. Um, I'm leaving. So you know he wants out. Um, and has been very vocal about that publicly. Uh, so, Trevor, what do you do if you're the Falcons with Julio Jones? Oh, man. It, I mean, it's tough, right? Like, obviously, Julio Jones has been amazing uh, for, for, mm-hmm. for a while now. Atlanta, yes, they didn't have the greatest year, but a lot of their losses this past year were, were close ones. A lot of losses that were one-possession uh, games that if you flip, you know, four or five of them, maybe they're in the playoffs. Maybe they're, I, I don't think they were contending, but at least they're a playoff team, which means they're relevant and which would be a pretty, you know, big difference from what they were. So it's it's interesting because I do think Atlanta is, like, they have some good pieces. They now have, obviously, Kyle Pitts. So... You know, if Julio were to stay, which he wants out, obviously, but if he were to stay, this could argue, you could argue that this could be like the best offense in the NFL next year with Julio, Matt Ryan, if he's, you know, having a really good year, Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. Todd Gurley, you know, Todd Gurley, Calvin Ridley. it's certainly up mm-hmm. there. Like, yes, their defense has a lot of problems and they need to get some of those holes resolved, but it's, it's definitely a tough situation. I mean, if, if he's, you know, so public, so adamant about wanting to leave, then you yeah. you obviously have to answer uh, to some of these offers, and you have to really strongly consider um, going with it. It's a little similar mm-hmm. to the Rodgers in the sense of like you don't want to leave with nothing. So that's that's a really I think that's a really important point. But it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's it's very it's funny very funny that uh, he had this call with Shan Sharp, and I also think it's interesting how. Um, uh, ESPN's Diana Rossini reported about several teams discussing offers for Julio Jones, including uh, one offer for a future first-round draft pick, which you know is very interesting. I mean, a first-round draft pick is that enough for Julio Jones at this stage in his career? Maybe it might be, especially if there is no resolution. I mean, first-round draft picks in the NFL pretty solid. You could get like a, a 10, 12-year really solid defensive lineman or a linebacker that can be good for your team for, you know, like I said, 10, 12 years. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Julio. So, yeah, it, it's I, – I, I, before we get to Ben and before I give my take, Trevor, I want to ask you another question. He called Shannon Sharp. You know, you, we just mentioned that. Did you think – in your opinion, do you think he knew – that he was like live on television when he said all that, because it's before Shannon said like, "Oh, we're live on television." Do you think he knew? I mean, if he's telling, uh, it's tough to say. I mean, I it's tough. It's tough, and we're not gonna know for sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't. To me, I don't know if he would have. T- I mean, I don't know. Maybe him and Shannon have like this great relationship, and maybe he really does trust him. But for me, it's hard for me to fathom that Julio didn't already want this to get out. And, and it wasn't, like, I think it was, like, a, a very, um, just a solid effort for Julio to get this out so that it's known so that he would be more likely to be traded. So I think he probably knew. Yeah, and I, I, if I had to wager a guess, I I think he, he you know, there's possibly, you know, if the man's calling him at 1030 in the morning, it's probably, you know, he does a show. So, you know, it's, it's yeah. probably for that. So if, if I'm the Falcons, I'm trading Julio Jones, and... The fact that supposedly they've been offered a first-round pick, that's enough for me 
to, to get Julio out. Uh, are the Falcons winning at this moment? No. Are they a good team? I, I honestly don't think they're a bad team at all. And they have a good offense. And I talked before the podcast to the guys. I, I, I don't understand the Kyle Pitts drafting for them. I, I'm not saying it's a bad pick because Kyle Pitts is this amazing prospect. And we talked uh, before the draft that he's one, that he is this year's uh, easy pick. You know, he, we know he's going to be successful. It's, it's going to be pretty hard for him not to be good in the NFL. However, they have a good offense. Calvin Ridley and him are, are great targets. Hayden Hurst is now probably the backup tight end, but, uh, you know, he's drafted by my Ravens, and I love Hayden Hurst. Um, so I, I don't completely understand the pick. And for that reason, it's the type of thing where I'm like, okay, they're not drafting defense, positions of, like, huge, huge needs with that top pick or trading back to get more picks to to get more defenders at that point I would one out and I think it's actually right for both parties to get him out it's too much salary for the Falcons and they could sign some better players next year um and Julio can go to a team that really wants to win so Ben I'm I'm bringing this uh bring a question to you you're offering your your team let's say the Bengals you know I guess they don't particularly need a receiver but you know they could use a Julio Jones type player right you know yeah. I mean, I, it depends on Julio, but anybody could use a Julio Jones type player. So your team offers a first round pick. Is that a good enough value for Julio? Do you think he is worth that first round pick? So again, I think it, I think it goes back to what Julio are, are we getting? Are we getting the one uh, recently that's had some injury issues? His production just hasn't been there. I guess part of that could be again that his team hasn't been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, or are we getting the Julio Jones from 2016? And specifically, like in that 2017 Super Bowl against the Patriots, where that dude literally caught anything within 10 feet of him, um, because those are two different players. Um, one of them is easily first round draft pick. I mean, if you're getting the the old Julio that we've all known to you know love, yeah, first round draft pick, no problem. I would have no issue with you know my favorite team giving up a first round draft pick for that. Um, and honestly, even if we're getting a, an older Julio, the one that we're more accustomed to seeing the last couple of years, mm-hmm. I really do think a first round draft pick is worth it. Um, because we, we've seen what he's capable of. And again, I don't, I don't know. I'm not like, I don't know that much about Julio, but, um, he's definitely shown that he's, I mean, he's one of this, this generation's best wide receivers, right? He is, he is an elite wide receiver. He has the capability of being still being an elite wide receiver. I don't know. I don't know how old he is. Um, exactly. But I would guess to say he's not 32. Okay. So he's not, he's not like he's 38 over here. 32, you can still be a pro bowl receiver. Um, so he's definitely still capable of being a number one receiver on a team. Now, again, it depends on what team he's going to and what that team has to offer and what the future looks like for those teams. But, um, and to answer your question, Brandon, about the Falcons, I agree with you. The Falcons got to get rid of that dude. I mean, if you can get a first-round draft pick for a dude that literally doesn't want to be on your team, no-brainer, take Mm -hmm. it. Um, Because at this point, all he's going to do is he's going to hurt your morale of your team if he's there. Because everybody has now heard the clip of him on national television saying that he wants no part of that, he wants to be out of there. Um, so you got to get that dude out of there. You got to get something in return because again, somebody is going to offer you. And, and like you said, Brandon, the reports are that somebody has already offered a first round draft pick for that dude. Um, you got You got to make something out of this transaction. You got to get him out of there and get something out of it. So yeah, I agree. Or yes, Brandon, that to answer your question. Um, I do think he's worth a first round draft pick. Now I'm not saying the Bengals should do that, but I, if a team needs a, a number one receiver, even a number two receiver, um, I do not have a whole lot of issues with a, you offering a first-round draft pick in the future for literally Julio Jones, who, like I said, again, is capable of being one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I like to take Ben. We're on the same wavelength today. 
Uh, Trevor, any final thoughts, or do you want to kind of move out of small talk today? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, and, and if I didn't make made this clear, I think Atlanta obvi- uh, definitely should try to get rid of Julio Jones. Obviously, if a player doesn't want to be there, then you should try to get. It's it's kind of the same opinion. I have the same opinion with him and Rodgers, as far as just like if a player doesn't want to be there, then just get the best value. Um, and then as far as like the first round pick, I think for essentially all teams, I think it's probably worth it. Uh, to get the first round pick for Julio, especially for teams that are contenders. So if you have, you know, team like the Tennessee Titans, absolutely, you if you're the Tennessee Titans, you want to give up first round to Julio because yeah. he could be the piece that puts you they're on the close. top. Yeah, yeah, they're close. Yeah, I 100% agree. But I, I think we'll leave small talk for there today and go to small talk trivia. Currently, the score is 1-1 to 0. I, I do not know who has points. I'm pretty sure I have points, but I don't know who else has points. I got a point. Trevor, so, Trevor, you're you're the zero. You got the goose egg. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I guess that makes yeah. sense. So I have our randomizer here, and I do have the order in front of me. The order today is going to go. Trevor is going to ask me. I'm going to ask Ben, and Ben is going to ask Trevor. So Trevor, you up first. What is your question for me? All right. So the Phoenix Suns, obviously, they've had a lot of success this year. Got the two seed. And, uh, you know, it, it would have been a better question, I feel like, if the Suns were doing better in the series right now. But never the, because it's probably not going to we'll, – well, at least – I don't think they're going to have as much success as the previous playoff team uh, from Phoenix, that the success that they had. Um, but my question is pretty simple. What is the last time the Suns made the playoffs? So this is a, a year I'm looking for. When is the last year – that the Phoenix Suns made the playoffs at all. Last time the Suns made the playoffs. I mean, it's got to be with Nash. That's by... You know, it has to be with Nash. There's no way that they didn't make it without him, I would say. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Ugh, this is going to be a shot in the dark. I honestly don't know. Um... Uh, I, I, you know, I'm gonna go quickly today because I, I it's gonna be a complete guess. And and Ben it's can definitely... steal just just to throw that in oh, there for the sure. I, I remember. So we, yeah, I'm still gonna guess. I feel like I mean, there's. I don't want to give my okay. So here's the thing. I was about to give my whole explanation of what I was thinking, <laughs> but I'm not gonna do that anymore. No, go ahead, Brandon. I already go talked about it, Steve Nash, so there's no way Ben knows. Uh, no, Ben can know this. All right, I'm gonna give a guess. I'm gonna say. I'll say 2009. 2009 will be my guess. The last time that they, they made the playoffs, 2009. All right, so I'm just going to uh, simply Actually, wait, say... Actually, let me, let me clarify. Let me clarify. I'm going to say 2008-2009 season, just so... Just to clarify. Okay, I'm, I'm going to simply say that that is incorrect. Um, okay. So now, Ben, okay. you have an opportunity to steal for a half of a point, which would uh, put you in the lead. So what are you thinking, Ben? Yeah, um... Again, this is a hard one. I mean, total shot in the dark. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. I was thinking more recent than 2009, and not like I'm not saying like three years ago, but I was thinking a couple more years you know, more recent than 2009. So I'll go 2000 and oh man, I'll go 2011. That'll be my guess. Final answer. Yes, that's my final answer. Oof. Hey, this is this is a rough one for you both. Because the answer is 2010. It's 2010. It's the year in between. Yes, they were 54 and 28, and uh, they made the Western Conference Finals before losing to the Lakers. Yikes! Uh, Yeah, Steve Nash's last uh, good run there. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it had to have been with Nash. It was just a question of when. All right, so Ben, or yeah, Ben, it is my time to ask you a question. So I was kind of hoping right, you, you wouldn't get this question. I, I think this one is, it's a simple question that could potentially be hard. If you don't know it, it's going to be hard. <laughs> All right, great. All right, let's Very simple question, though, and not super wordy. What year was the NFL founded? That's it. That's the simple question. And here's the thing. I didn't want to ask you because I feel like you know this. What year was the NFL founded? Yes. Okay, so um, I'm thinking, honestly, Brandon, I don't think it's that hard of a question because they just celebrated their 100th anniversary last year. Or was it 100 seasons? Oh, man. Um, again, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because I – I think, and the only thing is, I've watched like documentaries about the NFL where it talks about like when they were founded and stuff like that. Um, actually, when when I used to live with you, Brandon, I used to watch like on ESPN Plus, they had stuff like that about the NFL and how it was founded, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but I'm going to go with 1920. My guess is 1920. Final answer. That's my final answer. Benjamin, today you're picking up some points. That is correct. Right. 1920. You got a whole okay. point and a half today. Yeah, uh, I'm right. very, very impressed. Wow. It was 1920 when it became the APFA, American Professional okay. Football Association. Two years later, it became the NFL. But, uh, you know, I got the right answer as 1920. Uh, that is what I got down. So, good job. Ben, you're at two and a half points. You're going to be in the lead no matter what. Um, so, very, very impressed. Um, but uh, right. I think it's now time for Trevor to ask a question. Uh, you mean you? Wait. Or Ben. Ben's time to ask a question, right? Ben asked it's question. my Excuse turn me. to yeah, ask ben, Trevor. Ben asked. I'm the only one that hasn't asked. Okay. Yeah, so it's my turn to ask. This question is for Trevor. Okay, Trevor. My question. NBA playoff question. Who? Simple question. Straightforward. Who has the most assists in an NBA playoff game? Mm. Okay. What player has the most assists ever in one single NBA playoff game? And I'll give you this. There's two people that are tied for number one. If you guess either one, I'll give you the point. Oh. I'm being generous today. There's wow. two different options. You just got to get. You just got to get one of them right. Interesting. Okay, so who's got the record for most assists in one in a single playoff game all time? All right, most assists in a single playoff game all time, and there are two players that are tied for that accomplishment. Okay. Um. So Brandon can steal. So I got to be careful here. So you two, just got to get one. Two. Yeah. Um. Okay. okay. So there are definitely a few different guys um, that I have in my mind. One single playoff game. Most assists in a playoff game. Man, it's a little bit, I, it's a this, little bit I, tougher because there, there could be a guy that just had it in round one. Like it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like one of these all-time guys. So I, I, I have a pretty good educated guess on this. I, I can't say with 100% certainty, but I, I feel confident with an answer. Oh, Just to add a little pressure on yeah, you, Trevor. Yeah. I want my half point, so um, I think Brandon's bluffing. I don't think Brandon knows it all, Trevor. He's just trying to make you nervous. <laughs> I w- no, no, I have an educated guess. I do. All right. Yeah, there are definitely guys. Uh, maybe if I... Uh, I'm, I'm trying not to say these guys I'm having on my mind, but there's a few different ones. I got to give I gotta give an answer here so I can stop stalling for the audience. Um Oh man, it just which one should I uh, submit as my answer though is the question. Man, most assists in a playoff game. So, you know, when you think about most assists, you got to think about okay, it's it's probably going to be higher scoring because obviously more points, more assists makes sense. Um, probably more recent, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not going to be in the ni- late nineteen seventies. 
definitely not going to be uh, then. Or I guess it could be. I mean, if it's like Oscar, but, you know. Um, I'm going to submit an answer, though. Most assists in a playoff game. <sighs> I don't know why this name keeps keeps coming up, but I think he might have been one of them. I'm going to say... Oh, my gosh. Most assists in a playoff game. Jeez. All right, I'll, I'll just submit it. it. This is a tough question. I'm going right, to say Rajon Rondo. Okay. Might might be might Rajon be a Rondo. wild answer. But uh, I think right, I, I think you? he got one in like 08 or, or 09. All right, Trevor, is that your final answer, Rajon Rondo? <laughs> yeah, that's my final answer. That Trevor, I'm sorry, buddy. That is incorrect. Ooh. It is not Rajon Okay, Rondo. so I'm going to go quick. He is not one of the two. I'm going to go quick. I, I believe I know this answer. I think one of them is Magic Johnson. I'm like... I'll put it at 85% confidence. Brandon, is that your final answer for uh, your steal, Magic Johnson? I'm locking it in. Brandon, half a point. Good Woo! job. That is correct. Oh my gosh. And Trevor, I, I, I like I like hearing your thought process, but I was I was I was clenching my teeth a little bit is, because is both answers were in the nineteen eighties. They were both in the nineteen eighties. Oh, we had Magic mind. Johnson in eighty four and we had John Stockton, Stockton in eighty eight. Uh, Twenty so, twenty four in a game. So I I almost went Stockton. So I was thinking I was thinking, okay, Stockton, Magic. Jason Kidd, Rondo, mm-hmm. Chris Paul, Steve Nash. Those were my possible answers. And I went Rondo. Yeah, and I, I don't again, know why, but, yeah. you know. And I, I feel kind of bad because it was a hard question, but the reason I thought you guys could get it is because it's two people that I feel like you you come like you think of their name right away at John Stockton, Magic Johnson. So I figured I was hoping one of you would be able to at least guess one of those two because again, they're two of the most well known right. passers in NBA right. history. So it was kind of hard, but I I had faith that somebody could at least give an educated guess on that right. one. I just overthink. All right, so, so what, what we got two and a half to one and a half to to zero. Trevor's oh, got no. zero still. Wait, wait, what is what does Brandon have? I have one and a half. One Brandon's and got half. one and a half now. So two, one and a half. two. All right, Ben is two. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. No, Ben is Ben is two and a half, I believe. Two and a half. I got two and a half. Yeah, yeah two and a half. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he he stole my question and he got his own. I picked up a point and a half. Yeah, oh man, yeah, I picked up a point and a half. It was a successful day at the range for. Good for job, ben. ben. It was. Thank you. All right, so next we're gonna go into randomly ranked. This is the segment we take a completely random topic and rank it. It's very self-explanatory. Today we are going to do best side dishes. This is a very generic topic, but I feel like it's gonna be a fun one. And you know what? I feel like starting today. Um, so I, I'm going to start this off. Number three, I'm going to have to go with potato chips. Now, I, I love a good potato chip. I, I feel like there's there's so many good types of flavors. My personal favorite is barbecue. I know we've talked about chips in the past. That's been a rain in the rain topic. Uh, and I feel like it's kind of, you know, you know, it could go with a nice sandwich. You go with a burger. It could go with uh, chicken sandwich, chicken, you know, whatever. It, it just is a classic. Number two, I got to go with corn on the cob. You know, I I don't like a lot of vegetables, but I love corn on the cob. Um, I could eat corn literally all the time, any day, especially grilled, like on a grill. Oh, that's the best. Number one, I got to go with this. I I think, you know, we're all going to have it on our list. It's got to be French fries. I mean, we've talked about French fries on the podcast, too. A lot of food-related items on the pod. Uh, But French fries are kind of the ultimate go-to. I think there's so many different types that can go with so many different things, so I had to put them at number one. Trevor, what would be your top three favorite sides? All right. I, I thought the potato chip uh, take was kind of wild. Uh, it would be nowhere Ooh. near my top three. I, I just... Wow. I'm thinking about all the possible sides I could have, and potato chips is third? I, I don't know about that I'm one. a chip guy. But anyway... I mean, what can I say? 
Anyway, I'll move on. I'll start off with my number three. It is French fries, of course, you know. I mean, there's not many people on this planet that do not like French fries. If you do, it's a little... Uh, I don't understand that, frankly. But that's my number three. <laughs> um, especially, like, when they're seasoned, you know, you go to a restaurant, maybe get some, like, Cajun right. fries or something like that. Very good. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with uh, cheese, cheesy potatoes, um, which can mm, be great, especially, like... It can be great on a holiday, like when my mom makes them or maybe another family member. Um, I mean, there are some restaurants that serve them as well. So cheesy potatoes, very solid. Even if you – even like some bacon in there, just so good. Uh, so good with like chicken, with steak, with uh, – I don't know. I, I guess a lot of different like – a burger. So yeah, cheesy potatoes. And then number one, I don't actually have this one with a ton of meals – but if I'm just saying, like, best sides on, like, taste and just, like, you know, just, like, the excitement level to have a certain side, it would be jalapeno poppers. I mean, I just oh, wow. absolutely love jalapeno poppers. They are awesome. Obviously, one of our favorite, uh, you know, little, I guess you'd call it a, a fast food or maybe fast casual, Swenson's, of course. They're jalapeno poppers. Got to have them there. Uh, so they're amazing. That's my number one. Interesting list. Interesting list. Ben, top three favorite sides. I'm excited. I, I'm guessing yours is going to be pretty similar to mine. First of all, Trevor, I respect your list. You I went off the too. road a little I, bit. I like your list I, a lot. I respect it. I will say French fries were a little low for me. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. I'll, I'll I can let it slide, time. though. I'll, I'll let it slide because I do respect your list. You went off the beaten path a little bit. Um, my number three, I wanted to do something different, something that I figured well, you guys wouldn't say. So I had to go with steamed broccoli at number three. Oh, my. Okay. Oh, Again, I, I didn't think you'd like it, Brandon. I did not think you'd be a fan of my steamed broccoli take. But it is good. Like, steamed broccoli is good. And, like, four or five years ago, if, you would have, if I would have told you I said that, I would have thought I was crazy. But I have come to, like, at least come to, you know, be okay with eating steamed broccoli as a side to, like, steak or something like that. So I, I do think steamed broccoli is a worthy side dish and i wanted to mix it up a little bit hey, the, man wants to be healthy. the man wants to be wanna, healthy i didn't want to i didn't want to i didn't want to have all carbs on my list so i had to mix up a little bit so steamed broccoli number three um number two i had to go with mashed potatoes mashed okay. potatoes are great i literally i had them Good tonight side. i had some steak tonight i had mashed potatoes on the side um you can mess up mashed potatoes i've, I've had some bad mashed oh, potatoes yes. before um but if 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 somebody does it right they're phenomenal they're delicious um nice and creamy i mean you just can't you, you cannot be upset with mashed potatoes as a side to something and then number one, did I have to go French fries? Come on now. I mean, again, Trevor, ultimate I'm a little upset you had it at three. Um, what'd you say, Brandon? It's the ultimate number one. It just is. It is the ultimate number one. And Trevor had it three, which I mean, it's on the list, so I can't be, I can't hate him for it. Um, I would have liked to see it higher on Trevor's list, but I'm glad that Brandon had it at number one. I had to put it at number one. I mean, it is the ultimate number one. I mean, you can eat it with kind of anything, and I feel like it's at least kind of acceptable. So I had to go fries, French fries at number one. Easy, easy choice. They, I honestly, I respect all the lists here today, Trevor. Little low on the French fries, but honestly, I like the jalapeno poppers at one. I, I'm not a personal fan of those, but I, I like the take a lot. Um, but we're gonna go into our main topic today, which is of course the NBA playoffs. Um, and you know, Trevor, I'm just gonna hand this right off to you. Uh, you've definitely watched a little more NBA than I have this season. What series are we starting off with today? Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of go down the line. We're going to start off with the Eastern Conference. And the first series we have it might be the least exciting one. That is the Philadelphia 76ers and the Washington Wizards. Uh, right now the Sixers have a 2-0 lead. Um, the second game was not close at all. The Sixers won by 25. The first game was closer. The Wizards had their opportunities, um, but they ultimately could not get it done. Um, now with this series, there have been a couple things that have, have kind of stood out. Number one... 
um, is how great Tobias Harris has been. He is averaging 28 points, 8 rebounds, um, and there's really no one that can really guard him, I mean, on the Wizards necessarily. Like, the, the Wizards really struggle because outside of Beal and Westbrook, they, they're not a team with a lot of depth. I mean, just you look across the board, all these playoff teams, they're probably the team with the worst, like, if you just look at, like, 3 through 10 or even, like, 3 through 8, they're probably the worst um, as far as that's concerned. So if you have any game where Russ and or Beal aren't playing that well, they're really going to struggle. And Westbrook has not mm-hmm. had a great series so far, uh, averaging about 13-13. He did go down with a knee injury. Um in game two, which is another blow to them, um, probably you know just gets rid of any chance they had at all, at all to to make a run and win a game or two. Um, Beal has been good statistically; he's averaging thirty three and seven and five on fifty three percent shooting. But at the end of the day, he needs more help. Like Gafford and stretches, Daniel you know, Gafford from Arkansas, uh, young young player, he's been good in stretches. Hachimura. Um, has had a little bit, but ultimately, you know, like Davis Breton, someone who they just gave a big contract, hasn't been very good. He's supposed to be like a really good three-point shooter, only shooting 33%. So when you have stuff like that, it's not it's not looking good. And part of the reason that is is because the 76ers, one of the best defenses in the NBA. Ben Simmons, uh, one of the candidates for Defensive Player of the Year. Matisse Thybul, who just like absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, he can come out of nowhere and block a shot, get a lot of steals. That's how he was in college, um, and, and I'm sure that Matisse Thybul in a few years will be in the running uh, for DC Defensive Player of the Year. But overall, not that interesting of a series. You know, the Sixers are going to win it. Originally, I predicted five. I think I was being a little generous. I think it's going to be a sweep now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, either of you guys have any thoughts on this series, um, I'd, I'd love to hear them, but it's it's not the most exciting one. Yeah, not, not too much to add here. I don't need to speak for Ben, but we can just keep on moving it along. All right, so the next series we have, which we're currently, this game actually just ended, is the Knicks-Hawks. Um, the Hawks, after tonight, now hold a 2-1 to lead. Uh, they, this game just ended. They beat the Knicks 105-94. to And I, I think I kind of, see, the thing is, I picked the Knicks, right? I picked the Knicks in seven, but I feel like part of me, and I think I said this on the podcast, like, I almost think the Hawks are the better team, but yet I'm still picking the Knicks. And, I, you know, it's difficult because obviously the Knicks have home court. I do think home court in this series will play a bigger factor than any other one. And that's part of the reason I picked the Knicks in seven. Um, but as far as how the series has gone so far, Julius Randle just has not lived up to expectations. He has been, uh, he's underperformed so far um, in this game three. Julius Randle had 14 points, 11 rebounds. Not bad um, as far as you just look at that alone, but look at what he shot from the field. Two of 15. Rough. Two of 15. So Julius Randle, you know, he hasn't been efficient, not scoring the ball very well like he normally would. And you would you would think that he would be able to because the Hawks not exactly known for their defense, but he's really struggled. Um, now you have had guys like Derrick Rose kind of pick up some of that in his absence, which Derrick Rose, by the way, just regardless of if the Knicks win the series or not, got to shout him out. He's been great. He had 30 points tonight. Um, you had Alec Burks in that game one, which mm-hmm. was kind of incredible just from like a neutral fan standpoint to watch like the crowd go nuts. Alec Burks, just kind of this guy who's like a, like an eighth man or a ninth man, you know, the casual NBA fan won't even know who Alec Burks is. Um, and for him to have that kind of game, and yes, they lost, but this truly to me, and you said it on our last podcast, Brandon, 
um, that you thought it was going to be the best series, and so far it has. Because, number one, the fans. Uh, number two, we have a villain in this series. So, I mean, Trey Young basically is willingly uh, becoming a villain, you know, kind of shushing the crowd after his game-winning floater. It's been a good storyline. Um, so, yeah, it has storylines. It had a really close game. The first one, second game was pretty close, too. Game three, not quite as much. But to me, this is the most interesting series so far. I, I think I have to change my pick now. I think the Hawks are going to win this series just because I think they have too much firepower um, unless Randall can turn it around. But I think the Hawks, they have a lot of shooting around Trey Young. You have Bogdanovich. You have Danilo Gallinari. Clint Capella has been really solid, uh, you know, obviously in the front court. You have John Collins. I, you know, I, I think they have too many weapons. And if and Randall, he's not quite the same guy that he was in the regular season. So it's seeming like the Hawks are going to take this one. Yeah, I'll keep this pretty short and sweet. Uh, I don't have an enormous amount to add on. The The Hawks taking one game in New York was, was huge. That, that was really, really big. If if the Knicks can take one game back away, I think the Knicks will take this series. Obviously, Julius Randle has to play up to the level of play that he played in the regular season. He's not quite there at this moment. But Derrick Rose picking up the slack is very, very important. If the Knicks take one game away, I think they'll win the series. Final thoughts, Ben, on this series before we keep on moving on. You know what, Trevor? I admire your bravery. That took a lot of guts for you to switch your pick to the team that's now up 2-1 in this series. <laughs> that is very bold of you, Trevor. I, I admire your bravery there for switching your pick to the team that just dominated Game 3. Um, yeah, no, because honestly, I can't say a whole lot. Because honestly, if I was here, if I was on the podcast last week, I promised you my thought process would have been, uh, I'm going to pick the team that has Obi Toppin. So I probably would have picked the Knicks, too. Um, again, the difference is... Trey Young is on the Hawks, and the Knicks don't have anybody that can match Trey Young. I mean, I love Derrick Rose, but he's not the Derrick Rose from 10 years ago. I mean, it's just how it is. Yeah. Um, and like you said, Julius Randle has been the Knicks' best player all year. He's been, you know, an all-star all year. And if he's not performing up to, you know, the standards that got his team to the number four seed in the playoffs, they're not going to beat this Hawks team that's, again, they're the five seed. They're not a bad team at all. They're a good team. And they have a young superstar on their team. And they have a player in Clint Capella that's obviously a monster down low. And if Julius Randle's not playing – um, as well as he could, then obviously there's a mismatch, mismatch down low as well. See, so the Hawks have the advantage in the front court and the back court if Trey Young and Clint Capella are playing as well as they have been. So, yeah, not a whole lot to add. Um, the Hawks look like, look like the better team. It looks like they're probably going to win this series just based on what we've seen in the first three games. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. Um, but, you know, hey, we'll see what happens. I hope the Knicks win. I, I low-key hope the Knicks win. Trevor, what is the next series we are to discuss? All right, so we'll keep moving, obviously. You know, this podcast getting a little long, but uh, Heat Bucks, mm-hmm. next one, which I'll, I'll keep it a little short because it's a blowout. The Bucks are up 3-0. <laughs> Not looking good for your Heat. Just to keep it simple, everything has gone right for the Bucks. Everything has gone wrong for the Heat. It, it doesn't take a mm-hmm. genius to see that that's what's happening. I mean, the Bucks have completely, I mean, when I when I talked about kind of last week how it seems like they've really been focusing all of their efforts on the postseason, you know, experimenting different lineups, different ways of switching, they've done that. And in addition, they got, it seems like, exactly the missing piece that they needed in Drew Holiday. Offense, defense, he can do so much. I mean, looking at the Heat, um, you know, they're... Kind of the run they had through the bubble relied heavily on three-point shooting, where against Boston, against Milwaukee, they were shooting the lights out. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, who they do not have anymore, um, Goran Dragic. Guys were just going nuts from three 
um, in some of those mm-hmm. series. And that's that's not everything. Obviously, Jimmy and Bam were very good, but that's not happening at all this series. The Bucks have completely shut down uh, the three-point effort. Duncan Robinson has been cold. Tyler Hero has been a complete non-factor. Goran Dragic, who had maybe his best playoffs in five, six years, um, he's been decent. He's arguably been our best player this series, but still, it's not enough. And then you have someone like Bam Adebayo, who they're just like completely just stepping away from. Like if he's kind of in the mid post, they're saying, "Oh yeah, Bam, take your jump shot. Just take the jump shot." He takes the jump shot. He's not a good jump shooter, so he misses most of them. So that doesn't work either. It, you know, he he needs to be more aggressive. Jimmy hasn't had a signature game yet, and really, the game one is what did it. When Chris Middleton hit that shot, the series was over, looking back on it. That, that was mm-hmm. it. And it was such a defining moment. And yeah, I, I hope it's not a sweep, but it kind of looks like a sweep. And it's unfortunate you know, to kind of have a great finals run last year and then now to come up short. But you know, it kind of is what it is. Definitely there's some things that we're going to need to look at in the offseason and uh, try to come back next year stronger. A hundred percent. I I agree. It's looking looking rough for your heat, Trevor. Very very rough. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'll, I'll move on to the next one. Uh, Nets Celtics currently have this series on two uh, zero Nets lead. It is close right now. It's halftime, so we'll see what happens. But regardless of what happens, even if the Celtics manage to get one game, the Nets are the better team. Uh, they have too much firepower. I think that's been pretty clear, especially in Game Two, where you had Joe Harris who was out there looking like Klay Thompson, just going nuts from three. And if you have that, and you can have Durant just like chilling, he's just out there having fun, Harden's chilling, Kyrie's chilling, like, oh, we got this in the bag. It's like, I, I, I don't know, man. This team's tough to beat. So that's kind of, uh, I guess, the synopsis of this series. Again, Celtics, I know Jalen Brown, Kemba, you know, not, not that efficient. Tatum hasn't really had a signature game yet, so... Yeah, I mean, Brooklyn, like we kind of talked about before, they're, they're going to win this series in four or five games. 100%. Yeah, I, I firmly agree. Yeah, so then we get to the Western Conference. Uh, four, four series to get through. Jazz, Grizzlies, obviously Donovan Mitchell returned in Game 2 after falling in Game 1. Um, you know, in the regular season, the Jazz did pretty well without him. They kind of got away um, or got away with it without having Mitchell. But in the playoffs, you need Donovan Mitchell. He's your best player. He's the guy that's taking the big shots. You need him. So that's going to be an important factor moving forward. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, the pick and roll. Um, I still think the Jazz will take this series. I think I said five. I don't know if it'll be in five now. I, th- I would say the Grizzlies might take another game. Maybe it's six. But the Jazz will win this. Um, but just from a Grizzlies standpoint, you got to just – I, I, I just like really like watching this team. You got to give him respect. John Morant had 47 uh, the other night. So shout out to him. I'm just a great star in this league for 10, 20, 15 years to come. Oh, yeah. Jonas Valanciunas as well. Got to point him out like I did before. He's been very good. Maybe, I mean, now, I mean, I think Drew Holiday uh, has been like the most underrated player for so long. At least that's kind of what people have said it. At some point, you can't be underrated if everyone's calling you the most underrated. I think the title now could potentially go to Jonas Valanciunas. So just wanted to say that, but uh, I think the Jazz are going to win that. I'll move on to the Clippers-Mavericks. I think we we should spend a little bit more time on this one because it might be the funeral tonight. We're, we're watching Game 3, Clippers-Mavs Ooh. in Dallas, and the Mavs are up just 2-0. Started. Yeah, just started. So this one is the most shocking. I... I I mean, I don't know where... If the Clippers lose the series, I don't know where they go from here. Like, Kawhi might leave. What, what do you do with 
you know, kind of this roster construction you have. Obviously, you know, part of the, obviously last year they let Doc Rivers go. Now he's having all the success with Philly. Meanwhile, Tyron Lue with the team doing even worse than he did last year. It's just a mess. Meanwhile, Luka is basically going into like uh, 2007 LeBron James mode right now. He's been insane. But I, I wanted to hear both of your thoughts on this series um, because it's very interesting and I've been talking long enough. <laughs> ben, go ahead. You go first. Yeah, I, I do think, and Trevor, I love that you said this might be the funeral tonight because you're kind of right. Like, the Clippers are in some trouble, man. I mean, it's, they're already in a lot of trouble, but if they lose tonight, oh, it's going to be rough. And it's just such an interesting story. And honestly, if they lose this series, um, it might go down as one of the most failed attempts of, like, a super team I've ever seen in my life because, I mean, Kawhi had the option to play with LeBron. He decides he doesn't want to play with, the, you know, the best player in the world. He wants to go to his own team, so he goes to the same same city, different team, uh, franchise that has really never had any long term success. They pay a bunch of money to Paul George. Paul, obviously, Paul George has gotten his you know, fair share of, of heat and criticism in the playoffs, especially last year in the bubble. Um, and then you know the way their season ends last year in the bubble, it's just it's 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 been rough for the Clippers, and they paid like what they pay like Luke Kennard like sixty million dollars, and he hasn't even seen the, the floor in the playoffs this year. Um, they don't have a draft pick for multiple years now. So the Clippers in a lot of trouble. If they can't find a way to turn this series around and make some noise this year in the playoffs, um, I really do think they'll go down as this will go down as as one of the most you know miserable attempts of of forming a super team that this league's ever seen. And of course, the cherry on top is the fact that they let Doc Rivers go. Doc Rivers walks, and now he's coaching the number one team in, in the Eastern Conference. So um, I, there's a lot of pressures on Clipper on the Clippers, and I feel bad for if anybody's actually a Clippers fan, which I, I have a hard time finding anybody from Los Angeles being a Clippers fans, but I'm sure there are some. Um, I, I do feel a little bad for them because they had a lot of hype for the last couple of years, and for whatever reason, as we're watching currently, they're down eight nothing, yeah, it's, it's eight uh, nothing. Game three. <laughs> so Luca's going off. So it, it's rough for the Clippers. I, I feel kind of bad, but at the same time, it's it's kind of funny at the same time. Yeah, it's. It's looking rough for the Clippers. It, you guys kind of said it all. I don't need to echo too much what you said, but I'm, I'm interested. If they lose this series, what is going to happen the next year? Does Kawhi leave? What's going to happen with Paul George? He signed a big contract with them. He's there for a little while. So, you know, what's going to happen? That That's that's ultimately what, what I'm more interested in because it doesn't seem like it's going well for them at all. It's just not clicking. This team is just not clicking at all. Yeah, definitely. So with that being said, we'll move on to the next series. We have the Nuggets and Blazers uh, last night. Uh, or at least uh, last night for us, the Nuggets took a 2-1 series lead over the Blazers. Um, and this series, the one that I was most looking forward to, has been very interesting um, because you have two contrasting styles. Uh, you have the Blazers, who have a really great front or backcourt, obviously Dame, CJ. Um, and yes, they have Nurkic, but like when Nurkic is not on the floor, when he's off... They really have no one that can kind of step in uh, to play five and have a like a, a strong defensive rim, uh, presence and, and you know kind of protect the rim there for the Blazers and they really str- like they're already a pretty bad defensive team to begin with but when Nurkic goes out it just really gets it really gets it, it can get pretty bad for them. Um, so yes, Dame and CJ they they try their best. They I mean Dame's been awesome in this series. He's had a f- I mean, all three games, he's been awesome. He had 42 in Game 2, uh, 37 last night. He had a really good game in Game 1. CJ hasn't had, like, uh, like a super, you know, signature game that he might have still where he has, like, high 30s, 40-point game. Um, 
but it, it's interesting. And then the other side, you look at the Nuggets, who don't have as good of a backcourt. You know, they're relying on guys like Austin Rivers, who had a big fourth quarter in the game last night to help them get the win. Uh, Monte Morris, obviously. And then you have Michael Porter Jr. and Jokic with their strong front court, obviously, and Aaron Gordon. So interesting there. Um, you know, as far as who's going to win the series, I had Nuggets in seven. I'll stick with it. But really, this series can go either way, and that's how I felt all along. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, I wish that we could have seen the Nuggets with Jamal Murray because I really think that the Nuggets had a real shot to get out of the West if they had Jamal Murray. Now, probably not the mm-hmm. case, but nevertheless, uh, we're, we're going to get a really good series, I think, in these next uh, few games. Yeah, I, again, I'll be pretty quick just because you, you said a lot of things I was thinking. If they had Jamal Murray, this, this series would have been over quicker. Yeah, it really could go either way. If the the Blazers guys that are not Lillard and McCollum really step up to the plate uh, and play Powell, Covington, Nurkic, uh, honestly, even Melo's playing good minutes, you know, they, they can they can do some damage and get out of this series for sure. Yeah, so so since I start with every series, how about for this last one? Brandon, would you like to start for this Lakers-Sun series? I'm sure he would love to. You know, I can talk a little bit about the Lakers uh, for, for our last series. I, I I've I've caught a good amount of the games. I haven't been a hundred percent on these games, but I've caught probably eighty five percent of the games. Um, and I, I'm just the Lakers are going to win. I think Chris Paul not being a hundred percent is huge. That's that's a really big deal. If Chris Paul was a hundred percent, this series would be much more difficult. I think the Lakers will win, but I they're not in form yet. And the more they get in form, the more fun they are to watch. LeBron has not been playing his best basketball. He's still playing well, but not his best basketball. If Anthony Davis keeps up how he played yesterday, they will they will do very well in these playoffs. But right now, they're still getting it back together. They've only been five, six, seven games um, fully together. With well, not even five, six, seven with LeBron. It's just been the last couple. Um, but I, I, they're gonna win this series. I actually don't think there's like an enormous amount to talk about in this series. If 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 Chris Paul was fully healthy and could play, you know, full 40-some minutes, they, this would be a really, really great series. But sadly, Paul's not fully there. The shoulder's definitely a big issue. Um, and once LeBron and AD are playing, you know, at their full, full potential, it's they're going to be riding a wave, 100%. Yeah, definitely. What, what about you, Ben? What, what are some of your takeaways from this series so far? Well, my, my first takeaway is how physical this series is. I mean, I get it. Like, it's playoff basketball, but the physicality... It is physical. Cruel. I mean... Players are dropping left and right. I mean, you got Anthony Davis seemingly every other possession. He's hobbling away with, you know, an ankle or a knee or something. Chris Paul can't stay healthy. Um, even LeBron is, you know, had some some grimaces and some, you know, a couple times where I'm like, oh, is he all right? He's, he's limping a little bit with his, you know, his, his guy's ankle and everything. Um, you know, Schroeder had that fall the other day. So just how physical it is. I mean, it's and it's been super fun to watch. It's an awesome series to watch. Again, I wish Chris Paul was healthy. I right. wish he was playing a lot more than than the eight minutes or ten minutes that he's played in the first couple games. But um, it still is an awesome series. And I mean, again, the, the Lakers look like the better team. If you would have told me, if you would have, if you flipped the seeds and said the Lakers are the two seed, I think most people would would believe you. Um, because then again, the Lakers have been without their stars for a lot of the year, and they hobbled into the playoffs. But I think again, nobody was really that worried because their whole mindset was just get into the playoffs. Right. Get your stars back; they'll be fine. And that's seemingly like you know the narrative at this point is that they got their stars back. They're slowly getting healthier. They're becoming more comfortable with with each other again. They're learning how to play with each other again, um, and it's showing on the court. I will say, I saw a tweet today, and it was from um, the tweet of some girl, and she said, 
um, just like a public service announcement to all Suns fans. And she said she's a Raptors fan. And she said, if, if LeBron starts having fun, the series is over. <laughs> yeah. The series is over. Yeah. And the way that LeBron played in that, in that game three, it's, it seemed like if that's the LeBron that you're going to get, especially down the stretch, where he takes over when he needs to and he's passive when he wants to be passive, I have a hard time seeing the Suns, especially without Chris Paul beating being LeBron, and if you have Anthony Davis scoring 34 points a game or whatever he scored in Game 3, I mean, I love DeAndre Ayton, but I don't think he can match what, what Anthony Davis is doing. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the Lakers have the better teams. It's it's unfortunate that the Suns kind of got unlucky with their matchup in the first round, um, but it is what it is. The Lakers are the better team, and I would, I would expect them to come out of this, this first round yeah. series. Trevor, final thoughts before we wrap up the podcast today. Yeah, so with this series, I, I think it would be very, very interesting if Chris Paul was 100%, because I think you could easily argue that it'd be 2-1 Suns right now. Um with LeBron and Davis, obviously, you know, we, we can kind of read the box score with Davis. We can see how big of a difference uh, between game one and two and three, obviously. Davis has completely turned it around uh, 34 points in both game two, game three. I think he might have had double-digit rebounds and definitely game three. I don't, I don't know about game two, but um, he's been incredible in these last two games after game one. Just completely, I mean, just a pathetic performance, frankly, from Anthony Davis. Rebounding well from that. Um, and then you have LeBron, who I think has gotten a little better each game, just as the Lakers overall have, which I kind of expected, I think. Um, you know, I was thinking we might be in a position where the Suns look like maybe they could take hold of the series and win it, but then it turns around. Uh, we didn't really even get that because, again, Chris Paul's hurt. Um, I think this series, I predicted six. It could actually be five now um, with him being uh, hindered. It's either five or six, either way. Uh, I think the Lakers have it locked down. But with LeBron, like you mentioned, Ben, and I, I love that you pointed this out, when LeBron, like you said, kind of gets in a good mood, you see him like smile, crack a smile, or he right. looks out there, he's having fun. He's having fun. That's, I mean, that's when you know he's he's playing well. And that was the biggest thing for me when I was watching in game three because in the third quarter he had a really good he's stretch fun. where he had eight to ten points. I, I don't know. In that third quarter, I think the Lakers outscored the Suns by 10. And then, obviously, when Crowder's guarding him, which they have a little bit of history, Crowder was on the Cavs at one point. Um, and then last a year in the finals, he was on the Heat against the Lakers, of course. And he kind of cracked a smile when Crowder was guarding him. And then he turned and drove right past him, reverse layup. That yeah. like if, if you could encapsulate it in one play where it switched, it, it actually was probably before yeah. that, oh, yeah. but that was the biggest... I think signature yeah, moment, that's, right? That's the clip they'll show in this series. Yeah, well. that's yeah. that's the defining moment, I would say. So the Lakers will win this series, and that kind of brings me to a quick 100%. little transition transition here, which is like, all right, who are the front runners right now? Um, because my pick, uh, I don't know if I ever said on the podcast, but I just kind of stuck with my pick that it's been all along that I think the Lakers are going to beat the Nets in the finals. That was my pick right after the James Harden trade happened. That's what I'm sticking with. But I wanted to transition into who the teams, the teams that are playing the best right now at this moment. Because for me, the Lakers are not number one. I have them at number three. Now, if we would have done this post-game one, they might have been like number six or number seven. But they're rising. Now they're number three. The only teams I have ahead of them are the Bucks and the Nets, which who between who's number one, I don't know. But I, I think it's interesting that the Bucks nets teams who are going to be playing each other and, and the semis, barring a, an amazing comeback from either the, the Celtics or the Heat, um, that's going to be an amazing series. I would lean toward the Nets playing the best right now with the Bucks being close by, behind 
and then the Lakers would be three. Um, and then I guess I would like to hear your guys' thoughts on that. But the last thing I wanted to mention is, you know, it's kind of interesting how LeBron, obviously, over the years, you know, he really, you know, I, I always think about how LeBron, to me, is the smartest basketball player of all time because he always can, like, conserve his energy for the biggest moments, the biggest games. And even if he's not always playing well during a regular season, maybe he's not having good games in, like, the first couple rounds in the playoffs like we saw last year. In the finals, he was insane. Finals MVP averaging, like, a 30-point triple-double pretty much. And it kind of seems like he's even going into that even more now. And I'm wondering if he's just trying to conserve as much now as possible so that he can bring out that uh, bring, bring out in the finals. But what do you, what do you guys think? Thank God. Go ahead. Um, I, Trevor, the, the three teams I would agree with you. And the only, I would put the Nets at number one, and the only reason I would put the Nets at number one at this point is in, until another team gives me a reason to jump the Nets. I mean, the Nets just on paper, I think, are the most talented team at this point, obviously with their three-headed monster. So, um, and again, the, I would think the Lakers and, and the Bucks are not far behind. So I agree with you. I think those three teams are, would be my top three teams at the moment. And again, my reasoning being until another team gives me a reason to put them in front of the Nets, I got to put the Nets as, as the best team at the moment right now in the NBA. You know, not a lot to disagree with. I, I think we shouldn't overshadow the 76ers and how they're playing. I mean, they're, they're really, the first game maybe wasn't the best, but they really, really are dominating. We, we, we've seen some dominant teams. The Nets are dominating. The Bucks are doing really, really well, and the Sixers are dominating too. We'll see how the Lakers, if they can get in form, can stack up against those teams. But I think we will end the episode there for today. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate all the support you guys have given us. Of course, follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller. The link is in the description for you guys to click. Um, of course, subscribe to the other podcasts that are on the Small Ballers Podcast Network. We have Josh and Will that will be back with the 12th Row Podcast soon. Um, so, you know, go subscribe to them. Their episodes are awesome. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!